0: Why do people attend church services, or why do they not attend? Statisticians now say that regular church worship service attendance has been redefined as two times per month. Meanwhile, ministers and regular church attenders bemoan the dwindling numbers in their Sunday morning sanctuaries. Hi, my name is Dan Dick, and welcome to this episode of Church Matters. In a previous edition of Church Matters, church planter and author Stuart Murray said... And I quote, In post-Christendom, church going is not normal. There is no particular reason why people should come into our church buildings or be interested in our church programs. But yet some committed folks do continue their regular and committed worship and participation in the church community, even when many of their friends and family no longer attend. The gospel is full of reasons to go to church. Jesus himself exemplified this for us. There's much scriptural guidance that hinges on belonging in a worshiping community. Hebrews 1024 24-25 reads, And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Despite the compelling biblical direction, church attendance in many congregations continues to shrink. My guest today is David Balzer. David is the founding co-host of God Talk, a two-hour call-in radio show on matters of faith. He has frequently explored the question of why we go to church. Currently, David is Assistant Professor of Communications and Media at Canadian Mennonite University. Welcome to Church Matters, David. Oh, good to be here. David, what are some of the most popular reasons you've heard for why people don't go to church?
1: Wow. <laughs> Some of the most it's an interesting way to put it, the most popular. It's almost like we choose them and join the bandwagon so to so to speak. Um I I don't think it's really uh too much of a surprise when you look at uh why people don't go to church and I would lean on James Penner who's a sociologist from University of Lethbridge just did a report uh study on called hemorrhaging faith and four key words that he throws out, and th- these in various forms I've heard many times. Uh, he, he talks about hypocrisy, judgment, exclusivity, and failure as reasons why young people are not engaging with church anymore. And I, I would say that those key four key words really are quite typical in a, in a myriad of variations, uh, either through my talk radio experience when people call in and interact with us, uh, or now, more recently, in in some of the the listening I've done with young adults in in the university context.
0: Do you have any sense of what demographic is surfacing
1: in those comments? Is it a younger demographic, middle aged, older? If I if I think about the the the, the call in audience that I related to for just over a decade on CJOB, uh, it, it was. I mean, that time slot was a bit of an older demographic, kind of a 35 plus crowd. But I'm not really hearing uh, a difference a whole lot. Um, The the study that James Penner did was looking at 18 to 25 year olds. So these themes came directly out of that demographic. Um, But, uh, you know, I I have, as I'm speaking, I'm just hearing calls that we took where people had a lot of questions about, the, the usefulness of the local church and religion in general, but participating in specific, you know.
0: Are our efforts at putting in coffee nooks and video screens more of an attempt to treat a symptom than address our root cause?
1: Well, I would. I have nothing against good coffee, uh, you know, in a church foyer or anywhere else. So I I, I don't uh, kind of dismiss those attempts. I think trying to build community is is always relevant, what was fascinating to me as as I was thinking about this question uh, before the interview was I remembered a feature we did on God Talk called Mystery Worshipper. We would invite people who don't typically go to church to just go to a service and then come and tell us about it. And we would name the particular place, the time, everything, which kind of— ironically terrified some of the, the leaders of those churches. And I always said, look, I'm sending somebody to church. How can this be a problem, right? But I get it because it, it was on air and it was, you know. But here's what we found. People came back. They went to they, – they heard a choir. They heard a worship band, like every possible genre of music. And the number one thing, and and it took me a while to be convinced of it because I couldn't believe it, was they said the style is not – the important part of this experience for me. What makes it or breaks it is the the level of relational warmth in that community when I walk into that building. So people walked out of an organ choir experience as enthralled or disappointed as the latest hip, coffee, nook, worship, band, screen, everything experience which was just this – I just had to laugh like as kind of an insider of the church experience. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Here we're putting all this stuff in. So I would say root cause, what is the the nature of the relationships within that context? The people who walked out saying, I had an experience of God there, they always talked about it looked like the people who were there – actually believed what they were doing. And if that was with an organ or if that was with a rock band, the criteria was, are these people actually believers and are they actually worshiping? And somehow that seemed to rub off on the on the newcomer. But the style, almost irrelevant.
0: Were these mystery worshipers, was this a one-off experience or did they go to the same church over a period of time?
1: Uh, they, we... Left that open to them. So it was more one-off than not. So a first impression. But they went to many different places. We asked them to give us a diversity of experiences and then come and talk with us about it. The interesting thing there was uh, when we would get to the end of a four or five or six week run with a guest like that. Uh, they, uh, I remember one of them saying, I, I actually wish the feature on the show would continue because what I value most about my church experience is that I get to come here and talk about it. Interesting. So, again, that relational dynamic, the realness, the authenticity. And we were super candid, right? We're like – Were you greeted? Were you not? Did you like the parking lot? Did you like the sermon? Just the whole gamut. But it was within a context of wanting it to be uh, our conversation interests were to be real and to, to actually make something of and to affirm the local church.
0: You recently did an informal survey of students where you teach at CMU. Presumably most of these students grew up in church going families. What reasons did they give for not attending church?
1: I surveyed in a very anecdotal way about 70 students, and interestingly, probably about uh, 30 to 40% of those had not necessarily grown up in a church context. So it was a bit of a mix, but more so had gone than not. Um, why did they not attend? Uh, I have just a couple direct quotes here that I pulled out. Um, this is a silly reason. I, I don't actually think this is a silly reason, but I'm quoting here. This is a silly reason, but I often don't go because I don't want to go alone. Interesting. Uh, Another one, I don't know anyone there and don't really enjoy it. Used to be forced to go. Now I would rather stay home. And uh, third one, I don't feel as though different perspectives are respected. So I don't know how much we can make of, you know, one-off anecdotes, but it's interesting to me that this notion of relational connectedness was a dominant theme. It's not only what's happening there, but how am I finding my way in Uh, you not wanting to go alone. I mean, when somebody says, it may seem silly, but I don't want to go alone. I, I don't find that silly at all.
0: I don't either. In fact, when I was a young adult and still single, I rarely went to church
1: for that exact reason. Yeah. So that and then this whole idea of is this, you know, is it forced? Is it just a pattern? Is it just, you know, I just went and I didn't really know why. Um, and so now I've just abandoned it or, or this idea of how do we engage the real issues and with openness and respect and really grapple with life. That's what I hear that third one being a call towards, right? Uh, are you willing to bring different perspectives to the table? It doesn't mean that you abandon your anchors, but are you willing to just, you know, it's a messy world. <laughs> Let's have the conversation.
0: Is it safe to assume that because someone has left the church that they've also left their faith?
1: Well, that's the interesting thing. I, I lean back on James Penner's hemorrhaging faith study, where I mean, and we we use these buzzwords of, um, you know, faith versus spirituality or religion, and I, I, his his material is suggesting that while there is a a walking away to some degree from the institutional participation, which is church attendance. Uh, there is still a profound sense of asking the questions of who am I as a person of faith that is ongoing. So his he, he surveyed over 2,000 Canadian uh, young adults, a uh, very comprehensive study, and so I would say I don't I don't think so. Uh, at least he's suggesting that while people aren't necessarily, um, and he's not actually that. Overly pessimistic, you know. I mean, he's giving us the numbers about people who have left, but he's right. not suggest- Statistical data. Yeah, he's not suggesting that everybody's left. <laughs> you know, we can't. We shouldn't get that sense, right? He's trying to look at the patterns of of what's shifting. So the questions, I think, are still there.
0: That's but, encouraging because I think churches and, and pastors, in particular, have a huge challenge with the diversity of the congregation, right? Yeah. It's it's uh, diverse values, diverse understandings of faith, diverse levels of familiarity with scripture, uh, with faith in general. And how do you deliver something in a 10 or a 15 or even 20-minute sermon on a Sunday morning that's going to try to reach the maximum number of people? Uh,
1: I, I, the other quote that I'm really struck by, which I think just leads further on that, uh, this person said, primarily my family is why I attend, but I think I'm also looking for answers or direction in faith. And it seems like a valid place to go for that. I love that. I think, again, the sermon, the teaching time, if, if it's, However amazing whatever that is <laughs> that we want to say, okay here's the bar for a great communicator or or not, but when it feels like a valid place to get direction for faith, however humbly or you know amazingly, uh, we would think that it was delivered to me, it feels again like that's where people say, okay, that's a worthwhile place. They don't necessarily. Uh, maybe I'm leaning on some of my oral communication course that I just taught. Some of the people you'd go, well, that doesn't look like a great communicator. But if you ask the class, what did you experience? They go, that was awesome. So there's other variables than just our kind of very narrow stereotype of a great communicator that, that – Not
0: just a presentation.
1: Yeah. Like it's it's the connection between that human person and that audience. And sometimes it's delivered with – with kind of tripping over words and faltering, but there's a realness to that connection that when the audience walks out, they go, I met that person and they cared for me. And I experienced that in a, in a micro level in my oral comm class where people go, okay, now that was a great speech, but it wouldn't look like the YouTube sensation speech that you know we kind of go, oh yeah, that's a great speaker.
0: This has been a fascinating discussion, David. I want to say thanks so much for coming into chat.
1: Well, it's been great to be here. Always good to connect with you, Dan. And I love this topic and, uh, and I love the people that we're talking about. So it's right. been great.
0: All the best in your work. Thank you. We have over 20,000 listeners over the air, plus several thousand podcast downloads. We're grateful for each and every listener. To continue hearing Church Matters, please consider supporting this program with a gift to Mennonite Church Canada. To give, just call one 866 888 or visit MennoniteChurch.ca and click on the donate link. Arlen Friesenep, the director of the Mennonite Church Canada Resource Centre, recommends a book for you on today's topic called Christianity After Religion, The End of Church and the Birth of a New Spiritual Awakening. It's written by Diana Butler Bass. It's available at resources.mennonitechurch.ca. My name is Dan Dick, and you've been listening to Church Matters. Know that you are called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Thanks for listening. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living. Salt and light as people of the way.